Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, I'm a sales coach and speaker. I work with entrepreneurs, business owners and coaches in making them feel more comfortable and confident in how they position themselves and sell in their own natural way to their customers. I also work with a variety of individuals in the world of sales, from those just starting out their career to those working from an exec or director level. In today's episode, I'm joined by CEO, speaker, and a growing influencer in the world of LinkedIn, Jackie Hermes. And Jackie and I are going to be talking all about why public speaking, whether that be in front of the camera or on stage, all starts in the mind. We're going to start by discussing how you can benefit from focusing on this before the practical aspects of public speaking. What are some of the things that the greatest speakers in the world possess and have developed over the years? And how you can become more comfortable and confident in public speaking, whether that be in front of one person or a hundred. Jackie's also going to be sharing what's worked for her over the last few months in becoming more proactive utilising video, particularly on LinkedIn. So sit back, grab a pen and pad and enjoy. Jackie, welcome. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Yeah, really well. Thanks for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Very excited for this uh, for the topic we're talking about today. Me too. Um, <laughs> before we get started, for the, for the listeners tuning in uh, who aren't too familiar with yourself and your story, it'd be great just to understand a bit of a bit of an overview, really, from yourself to start off with. Yeah. What do you want to know? Like my life story? <laughs> uh, we, I'm, I've got a few questions to delve into that, I suppose, later <laughs> on. But I, I suppose for now, sort of a, an overview of, of what your story is at the moment, what you're doing in your life, what inspires you and, and what keeps you excited about each day, really. Yeah. So I own a B2B software marketing agency. We actually just celebrated our five-year anniversary in a very Wisconsin way. Are you familiar with the stereotypes about Wisconsin? No, enlighten me. Yeah, so we're known for loving our beer and cheese and being able to suffer through bad weather. So we uh, we had our five-year celebration party outdoors at a beer garden. It was raining. I was tempted to cancel <laughs> it. And my team was like, oh, no, people still come. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, everyone still showed up. About 100 people just stood there in the rain drinking beer. So it nice. was, yeah, it was really fun. So what we do is we do inbound marketing and lead generation for software companies that sell their software to other businesses. And we're a HubSpot partner. We've been a HubSpot partner and a reseller for about three years. Mm -hmm. Um, Before that, I worked at GE Healthcare, which was a big company, um, and kind of cut my teeth in sales and marketing there. And then I ran the marketing department at a company called Zywave, um, which is it's the largest software company or SaaS company in the Milwaukee area. And we grew, I think it was about $30 million when I joined and it grew to about 70 um, during the time that I was there and running the marketing department. And then I left five years ago and started this. And what else did you ask? What keeps me motivated every day? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My team, honestly, we have 10 people here at Excelity now. So Five years ago, I was a solopreneur, just doing you know consulting by myself, um, and I quickly realized that I needed more dedicated resources. And so, maybe three and a half years ago, I started hiring employees, and now we're at ten. And honestly, I have the best team ever. I'm sure everyone says that, but we've had a lot of we've had some hiring 
snafus, I guess, you know, where we hired Mm -hmm. too fast and didn't quite have the right fit. And right now, everyone on the team is the right fit. They're dedicated. You honestly, at the beginning, you might've just heard them all. They're all laughing in the other room. Who knows about what, but it happens all the time. And they're like, they're all friends. So it's, it's really cool. And it's really motivating to me to continue to grow and run this business, you know, because they're here depending on me. Mm. And I'd love to dive into a bit more about that journey a bit later on. And congratulations on the, the five-year anniversary as well. Thank you. Thank you. I think, um, you know, moving on to what we're talking about today and, and what inspired me to think about this, this topic and why to why to speak to you about it was, you know, on LinkedIn, which has become, I think, more and more people being on there in a bit more of a proactive sense, particularly from a, from a video sense, is mm-hmm. I, I started seeing your videos pop up on the timeline through Mutual Connections and was quite intrigued about what you were talking about. And then obviously we connected and started speaking. And I think, um, you know, having watched your videos on LinkedIn and, and thinking about public speaking in this day and age, it's becoming more and more important, not just face-to-face, but through video. Mm-hmm. to be able to be putting yourself out there and to build that engagement and that influence. But I think a lot of the people's fear around public speaking, in my eyes, starts within their mindset. Like when you hear why a lot of people won't do a video or won't be comfortable enough to get up on stage, it's that fear of the unknown, you know, others' opinions, that overthinking, that lack of self-belief. Mm-hmm. Would, would, do you find that as well? Or do you find any other main reasons as to why people shy away from that public speaking? Yeah. Oh God. I mean, that's always been me. I remember in college when I had my public speaking class, I was terrified to get up. And every time I had to get up and present, I was just so worried and so nervous. And then every time it would go well, you know, like I always prepared. And then I was always like, why was I so scared? You know? And so you get like, you kind of get over that feeling as you do it over time. And one big thing that stopped me from public speaking in with this company for the first few years, I really probably only started doing it three years ago, um, was imposter syndrome. And I'm sure you know what that is. It's just, you know, like I, and I still feel like this, like, why do people trust me? And why do people want my advice? And what have I done to deserve this role of being here speaking, you know, sometimes people paying to come and listen to me talk, um, you know, and just feeling like, uh, I'm not a fit or I shouldn't be doing it or people, you know, like I haven't done enough work to have the authority to do this. That's imposter syndrome. And I still feel it all the time. So I think that's a huge reason that people don't do it. Mm. And with this aspect, a lot of this being around the mindset, how do you think people can benefit from focusing more about developing their mindset towards public speaking as opposed to the practicality or skill around it? Yeah. You know what? I just shot a LinkedIn video about this actually. Um, and it's, I was reading, I can't remember what book it was, but Tony Shea was talking about how he used to get so nervous. And he, I think he said he still does get nervous every time he has to get up and speak, but he changed his mindset to make his body believe that that nervousness was excitement, mm-hmm. you know? And it's all about that. I always say like, I can have fun anywhere. I don't care what I do or where I go, because if you show up with the right attitude, it's gonna be fine and you're going to have a great time. And it's the exact same thing for public speaking. So like, you know, it's like your body preparing you to get up and do something. That's all of the adrenaline and everything that you feel. And if you just tell yourself like, I'm going to crush this and I'm excited about it versus like, ah, I'm so nervous. I need to go hide in the bathroom, which is something I've definitely done too. Um, 
you know, just changing your mindset makes such a huge difference and it helps you overcome that fear to go and, you know, do the speaking engagement or really whatever, whatever you fear. Mm. Yeah, that that nervousness versus excitement. I saw a great video of Simon Sinek talking about that. Yeah. Around the actual feelings you get are pretty similar in terms of increased heart rate, a million thoughts going through your head, sweaty palms, but it's your perception around um those those emotions or those feelings. And uh, I did, you know, talking about a video you did similarly, I did a podcast episode around this about rewiring our thoughts around our emotions because people's emotions are actually neutral it's it's our perception of them that dictates whether they're positive or negative mm-hmm. um, and we can decide like you say whether we're we're in that mindset of the body is priming me to deal with the situation or try and be fearful of it and run from it which isn't going to benefit us in any form and right. I, I think that's what a lot of people do when it comes to public speaking and that's why they then try and focus all around the skill of i need to go over my lines i need to have this prepared and it still won't come out effectively because they haven't framed it in the right kind of uh, way in their mind, first of all. Mm-hmm. My business coach calls that head trash. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like anytime, anytime I, if I have a negative perception of something or if I'm just being negative in one of our coaching sessions, um, which, you know, sometimes I think every entrepreneur and everyone is negative. Sometimes she'll say like, clear your head trash. Or is that, you know, is that head trash talking? Because, thinking like I'm nervous and I can't do that, that's head trash. And if you can change that into I'm excited and I'm going to go and like do a really great job, then it completely changes the process. Mm, Absolutely. I think also an an important point on this as well is having purpose. I think that's really important when you're thinking around your mindset of why you want to be doing public speaking, first of all, whether it's a video or on stage. And I was speaking to a um, guest of mine the other week, Bobby Umar, who's done five TEDx talks. And he was Mm -hmm. talked about, first of all, you need clarity on what you're talking about, who you're talking to, and why people should want to listen. And I think without that, sometimes people go in and you're trying to sort of, particularly if you're going online, trying to position everything to everyone and and everyone knows the line is you're therefore nothing to no one, really. Mm. Yep. Um, So you need that kind of clarity in your mind as well, because that will get... I think surpass that imposter syndrome, as you mentioned before, because you're giving yourself a reason why people should care and why you want to help people and what they're going to get from it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. What do you think some of the the challenges are or the impacts of people sort of, you know, surpassing this and thinking it is all around the skill, the practicality of it? What kind of things do you see as a result of this? Um, As a result of me public speaking? As a result of you seeing people that are public speaking and they're not really focusing too much on their mindset, they think it's more around the skill and having that kind of, you know, perfect script or way about doing it. Uh, I mean, those are the people that you see reading off their slides, right? You get Mm. up, you give a presentation, you're just there to deliver the message. But really, public speaking is about the stories and about the enthusiasm. Like even if, and I try not to speak with a presentation too often because I want people looking at me and listening to my words and really like getting those takeaways from what I'm saying instead of, you know, trying to read a bunch of copy on a slide Um, because when you're, when I'm talking about marketing, you know, I'm educating about marketing, but it's really about the stories and the application of how the advice I'm giving actually works. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think to add to that as well, when you're thinking about it from more of a a mindful 
position when you're public speaking as well. You're coming across far more authentic. You are just being yourself, whereas if you avoid that, you're trying to be something you're not. And in this day and age, people want to see that kind of raw, unpolished version of someone because that's what builds trust and credibility in people when they see videos online from people just talking about how it is rather than that perfect green screen behind them that used to be, you know, when you look back to the, the 90s and, and even a few years ago, that was all the craze. Mm-hmm. You just kind of want it a bit more raw now and a bit more, I've had a thought, I'm going to do a video about it. It doesn't need to be polished and perfected. It just needs to have that real, that real message of value in it. Mm-hmm. That's why I started doing LinkedIn videos, you know, to talk about like how hard all of this is and running a business is not always like rainbows and butterflies and nor is public speaking or really anything, you know, but we put this kind of like image out on social media where you see everyone's highlight reels. And so everyone's life looks amazing, but you never really know what's going on into the scenes, you know? So I want to talk about like the real raw things that are happening with me. And I know that if I can share that it's going to affect other people. And God, I've gotten so many messages from people that said like, thank you for sharing that. I'm going through the same thing. You know, no one talks about it and I don't know what to Mm. do. And just... I don't know. It's been, I'm what, three months into making these LinkedIn videos and it's been a really wild ride so far. (laughs) Yeah. And and what you're doing as well is you're empowering people to feel like they can do the same. Right. They need to be of a certain position with this day and age of technology. Anyone is able to get their opinion and their voice out there. Mm -hmm. Never been easier. But then because there's so much out there, at the same time, it can sometimes intimidate people when they do start thinking about oh, what will other people think? Or I need to research more about this. Or I need to know that. Just being yourself is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned a, a point there as well around not necessarily using slides. It's, it's more around telling stories. And I think you know, that's one of the, the key things when I think of what makes the best public speakers in the world, whether that's on stage or people you see through Instagram or LinkedIn or the other social channels. What other aspects do you think make people great at public speaking? Yeah, I think it's the engagement and practicing is so important. I just spoke at HubSpot's conference a few weeks ago, and I spoke with HubSpot's sixth employee, Dan Tyre, um, amazing guy. He he came on when HubSpot was a tiny startup, clearly sixth employee, and it was their first salesperson and ran their sales organization. And the man, like most of his job now, is going out and doing public speaking, and he does a ton of it, and so preparing with him to do a presentation together was such a fascinating experience because I got to see his process of how he, Mm. you know, because, and because there were two of us and we were presenting on a certain topic with the slide deck and stuff like that. Um, you know, we didn't want to be stumbling all over each other. So we, we made the slides together and then we went over them and tweaked them. We wrote a script that we didn't necessarily follow, but it's just about like that memory recall and understanding what we wanted to talk about. And then he lives in Arizona, I think. Um, And we were traveling to Boston to present at this conference. And so we got on video and mocked the presentation like five times before we got up there and did it. And it went so well because we knew exactly what to expect. You know, like I, and I was, I was pretty nervous. Like this was a bigger, a bigger presentation for me. Uh, Should I say I was excited, Um, (laughs) but 
especially being scripted, you know, like getting up and telling my stories and doing panels and stuff like that. That's all pretty easy for me now because fielding questions, you know, I feel like I I'm getting pretty good at that because I've done it quite a bit, but when it's more of a specific topic and scripted, um, just that practice made such a huge difference. And now I get to take, you know, this really amazing public speakers process and adopt it for myself as well. Mm. And what tips or things did you learn from working with someone else on that? that yeah. You would, you would do differently now having done that. Yeah. He just, you know what? He practiced a lot more. We practiced a lot more than I thought was necessary. Um, I thought maybe we'd run through it once or twice and it, you know, even when he, you know, said, we're going to practice this four or five times, I was thinking that's too much, you know, and it's kind of seems like a waste of time. But now after having gone through that process, I can see exactly why we did it because we were in front of a good sized audience and we wanted to make sure that it was polished and funny and make sure that we were engaging. And we got so much great feedback because we didn't just get up there, you know, and read off of we were cracking jokes and kind of, and we had that rapport with each other, mm-hmm. um, which when you present with someone, if you don't have that, it's really hard to be engaging and give a good presentation. So practice even more than you think you need to was a huge takeaway that I'm going to be putting into place for sure. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, just on a balance of that, if you're looking at it from a, a video point of view, don't this isn't saying to sort of you know overthink it all so it sounds like word for word (laughs) what you want if it's like a a two or three minute video because all you're going to be doing is thinking about word for word and you're going to have no personality Mm -hmm. or no uniqueness coming across in the video and it's just going to sound so robotic Mm -hmm. Um, and you can just tell those videos a mile off when you actually listen to them there is no passion there is no emotion it's just words and, and words are not enough it's that purpose behind those words Yeah, it's very funny. So my agency goes live on Facebook a lot and everyone on our team now goes live. And we've had this shift where we used to go live and, you know, like here are three inbound marketing tips. One, you know, and it was very scripted and very professional. And now, and then I, I got on Facebook live one day and just talked off the cuff about how last year, like the end of last year was a really hard year for my business. We went through some tough times. We lost a big client, you know, we had cash flow issues and all of that kind of stuff. And I just went and kind of, I don't want to say babbled, but maybe a little bit on Facebook live and was like, listen, you know, like it's not all easy and it's not. And so I shared my journey. And that was one of our top performing Facebook live videos. And so we were like, maybe we're onto something where we should be just doing it in a less formal way. And so we're still kind of making that shift and not everyone's comfortable being less formal, but it just, it represents our brand and our company so much more to just be, you know, honest and raw and real, like you were saying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is echoed by Gary Vaynerchuk, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard about, about him talking about when you're creating, totally not even creating co- content, it's documenting it. It's not overthinking it. And when you're looking at this from a public speaking point of view online, it's just document your day. Don't think you need to come up with the perfect outcome. It's the process itself that people are interested in because it empowers them to be able to do it. It gives them an insight and you're educating people and empowering them at the same time. So it's giving them a number of different things, whereas the outcome is all very well and good. But it's like getting a cookbook just with the, um, you know, the picture of the food at the end and going, well, where's the recipe? Like, how, did, how, how did you get there? We're always so curious about how you get to somewhere. That's why we love stories. That's why we don't yeah. just pick up a book and go to the end of it. We want to read it because we're, we're intrigued by it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And and on that that point of practice as well, going back to, you know, when we're thinking about the best public speakers in the world, I think in this day and age, and I talk about this quite a lot, is people will always see the end article, you know, we're just talking about the outcome, but they've just exposed themselves so many times to different events, whether that be on stage, whether that be at small LinkedIn meetups or networking events or just in their business or online the amount of videos, like, for example, like Gary Vee's a perfect example. Now people see him on video and think, oh, wow, he's so confident. He's so comfortable. But go back to Wine Library TV and you'll see that this guy has developed it over years. And mm-hmm. it's just reminding yourself of that when you do see these people. It's not thinking, I can never be like them and shutting yourself down and limiting yourself. It's thinking, well, they've, they've started just like me from somewhere. So if you need to, go back and watch those first videos and realize that, look, they're just like you and me. Mm-hmm. But they've, they've honed their craft. Yeah. Do you listen to the the MF CEO project, Andy Frisella's podcast? I do. Yes. Then he talks about that all the time. Like he's successful because he was willing to get up and fail in front of Mm. people. And he's a big public speaker. He said he makes $75,000 per speaking engagement and gets up and talks to people now. And he started in the back of his warehouse in front of a handful of employees, you know, like sweaty palms getting up (laughs) and speaking in front of them. And that's where this guy started. And now he has one of the top rated podcasts in, in the iTunes library. And just listening to him is so inspiring because he talks a lot about his failures and how he got to where he is. And you have to be willing to get up and look stupid once in a while, you know, and, but you'll survive and it's never as bad as you think it is. Mm. Keeping that in mind is so important because I've had, you know, I've gone to speaking engagements. I'm like, ah, I don't think that went as well as it could have. And then I get great feedback because, you know, we're our own harshest critic, right? So we're always, I criticize myself so much harder than anyone else ever would. And it's about changing that narrative in your head too. Yeah. And and also realizing that if you do, you know, mess up or as no one else knows, it's just you. You know, and particularly if you're doing a video online or if you're presenting on stage, as long as you can carry on right. and sort of move past that and not let that affect the rest of it, it's like, so what? Like, no one else knows. It's it's just like, um, you know, if you're doing a presentation in front of a, a customer and it might not, you might miss a slide and might go somewhere else, is they don't know. As long as you still manage to keep that consistency, it's fine. You right. Know, don't think you need to stick to that narrative just because you've got it in your head and then think, oh, I didn't do that right. It's, well, as long as they, they, you were your true self, then that's what matters. Absolutely. I've always envisioned myself falling during an engagement. I don't know why. <laughs> and and so I've always thought like, what would I do? Like I'd have to make a joke and like play it off in some way, but I'm sure it's going to happen someday. <laughs> have you thought about what the joke will be yet? Any uh, ideas? I don't know. You know, I'm just better off the cuff. So yeah. it would just, it would depend on the situation. But yeah, I don't know why I've always thought that I was definitely going to like wipe out because I always pace and walk back and forth mm. when I'm talking. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. I'll report back if that ever happens. Yeah. Just don't go on any stages that have got trap doors or anything on them. Oh, yeah. Good advice because that would not go well. I'm sure I would yeah. fall in that for sure. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of things there around tips for people for listening who who want to get um, more comfortable and uh, effective at public speaking, whether that's in front of the camera or on stage, you know, talking about putting yourself out there and doing it more and also not worrying about if you do mess up. But is there anything else that you think would would be worth advising from from your own experience, particularly from the LinkedIn angle as well? 
Yeah, man. You know what? I felt really weird about LinkedIn videos to start. Um, actually, so short story. It was my my first employee that I ever hired. It was an intern, Quentin Q of the Misfits, um, who approached me years later and said, "You know, you would be great on video. You should be on LinkedIn video. And there aren't a ton of creators on it right now. And it would be really good for you." And I'm like, "Ah, okay. You know, I'll put it on the back burner. I'll think about it." And I thought about it and thought about it. Honestly, I had I done it when he told me to, it would have. <laughs> I regret that a little bit. Not that I have many regrets, but that's one of them. Um, and then finally, I was like, okay, if you help me with this, you know, like hold the camera while so I don't have to feel weird recording myself, and like help me curate, you know, some content and topics and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and he's helped, and his team has helped so much. So even just having someone hold you accountable, I think is huge. Um, because I know that I would not be posting and creating videos at the rate that I am without them saying, you know, like, remember you like shoot a video or I'm not quite at the point where I'm just like stopping like, Oh, that would be good for a video. Um, I think it takes a little bit of time to get there. Um, but having them hold me accountable has been so huge. And my biggest advice is just just do it and say yes. The way that I got into public speaking is that people ask me and asked me to do it and I would just say yes. I would say yes before I had the chance to say no. You know, because I always wanted to say no because I was so scared. Um, and if I say yes, and I know that I'm not the kind of person who's ever going to back out of a commitment like that, and so I know I'm just going to have to go do it and figure out, <laughs> you know, how to move forward. So that's that's my biggest piece of advice. People come to me and ask me questions, you know, like how do I start a business or how do I do this, and I'm like, you just have to go do it. You know, put one foot in front of the other, and you're going to learn how to do it as you go. There's no amount of preparation that can prepare you for what you're about to, you know, go through and everything that's about mm-hmm. to happen in your life as an entrepreneur. And that's a, a, the same thing with public speaking. Like you can prepare and prepare. And I think pr- preparation is very important, but it's not always going to go exactly that way that you've prepared yourself for, you know? So just knowing and being flexible is super important too. Absolutely. So, such a good point. And on that point of saying yes to things that you know Richard Branson one of his quotes is you know say I always say yes to something and then figure out how to do it afterwards yep because it shifts that and I I did a post about this um today actually it's it's shifting your brain from thinking I can't do something to how can I do something because Mm. our brains are like google searches anything that we put in it's going to go to work and find something to back that up Mm -hmm. saying I'm not comfortable in front of the camera I can't do this it's going to come back with all the stuff to go yeah you're right here you go look remember this time when you were five years old or whatever all this stuff coming in whereas if it's more of a constructive question around how can I become more effective in public speaking or how can I become more comfortable in a video then it starts working out this process for it yeah so it's being constructive and with this self-talk that we've mentioned a couple times on here of asking questions rather than making statements in your mind yeah, that the confirmation bias, right? Yeah, I know exactly. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. I've never even thought about it that way. I'm learning something too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And and in, on the topic of of, of learning something, uh, Jackie, you know, I'd, I'd really love to understand. You mentioned earlier on around this being your fifth year anniversary and the journey you've been on, particularly in the last three months. Mm-hmm. But what do you think you've learned most about yourself today, either from building your business or from this period of when you've started doing video more and public speaking? Man, I think that I've learned 
just how much I can handle and just how strong we as people in general are, you know, like somehow your life expands to fit and to overcome every challenge that you come up against. And it's just, I had no idea what I was in for being, you know, being an entrepreneur. I had no idea the amount of commitment and really the sacrifice that it takes to build a business and to build a good business, you know, a business that people trust and a place where people want to work. Um, it's been, it's been a serious journey. That's for sure. Mm. And when looking back on, on your, your life, not just your career, are there any pivotal moments that you look back on and think this has really shaped who I am today or because of that, this is where I am? Uh, I would say that. So I was a foster parent and actually I adopted my daughter who just turned 12 in August from the foster system here in Milwaukee. And that changed my perspective on so much. So I started fostering maybe five years ago and did it for two years. It was Oh, four years ago. Um, it was not too long after I started this business and I I've learned how much more gray everything is, you know, like there's not a yes or no answer to everything. And there's always a background and a way that you can understand and stand in someone's shoes and understand where they're coming from. Um, it's made me look at business in such a different way. You know, like I don't take offense to things anymore where I used to, you know, read into things that people would say or take offense from, you know, a very short email. And now I think like, oh, maybe they're having a bad day or maybe something's happening at work. And I try to really understand where other people are coming from. And being a foster parent helped me with that a ton because it's not just bringing the children in. It's working with the biological parents, you know, and trying Mm. to coordinate with them. And even one of the biological parents, like I'm her emergency contact now, Um, you know, she calls me whenever she needs something or if she has a question or even if like Lizzie, who was the second little girl that we fostered, even if she does something, you know, that she's not supposed to do and she's like, here's the consequence I'm thinking, you know, like kind of being a sounding board. And so I've learned so much from her. Um, in just like being flexible and understanding where she's coming from and how her background and how she was raised and how, you know, how she got into this situation and how to help her out of it. It's, it was really, it was really crazy. And I hope to do it again someday. Uh, my ultimate goal once my kids are older is to foster again and foster teens. Wow. Well, uh, what an inspiring story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and as you say, I'm, I'm, you know, from, from that story as well, it's, it's, as you mentioned a couple of times there, it's building that massive amount of empathy that you need in that, that situation to start off with to understand where someone's at as well, first of all, which is probably translated very well into the business, which is when you started uh, talking at the beginning of the podcast around your team, which is probably what has transferred within that as well. And I think it's very important if people listening is to think, you know, we, we often talk about work life and thinking, you know, how can I be a better leader and manager? But it's thinking, what qualities can I bring outside of my work life into work that I'm, that I'm great at, my natural strengths, and how can I utilize them? Mm-hmm. And showing who you are to your team. Like, mm. I, you know, not having, I used to always think that I needed this per, like professional wall and just to like, you know, not share much about myself and that I couldn't be friends with my employees. And like, are we all friends outside of work? N- not really, but we have a really good 
relationship. Um, there, I mean, my team's not calling me on the weekends, but we're just short of that. And I think it's because I've brought my authentic self to work, you know, and I don't try to hide who I am. And I just, and, and it shows them that they can do the same thing too, and that they can be comfortable here. Yeah. And I think, you know, having a basis just off the videos I've seen on, on LinkedIn, I think that really translates as well in terms of you just being yourself, looking to to help people and to empathize with people and empower people through those videos, which is which is clearly why people are buying into that and, and engaging with you from it. Yeah, thank you. I You're appreciate welcome. that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and one final question, um, and this doesn't necessarily have to relate to what we've been talking about today, but for the listeners, is there any other tips or anything you'd want to share that, that's worked for you or you feel like that they should they should take away and put into action from, from this conversation? Hmm. I would say the, and it's related. I mean, overcoming fears has been the biggest theme of the last five years of my life. Um, and it's translated into so many different things. I, so I'm looking right now at this journal in my office. I think I got it off of Amazon and it's do one thing every day that scares you. And in this book, there are things like talk to a stranger in an elevator and it helps you cultivate these habits that help you overcome fear. Because as soon as you don't fear things, you're going to be so much more successful in so many different ways. And I remember getting this book years ago and, you know, just talking to random people. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe people don't want to talk to me or they're going to think I'm weird or annoying. Um, And now I get in the elevator and I talk to people all the time, you know, and it's just, Mm. it's made me better at my job. It's made me better at selling for my company. It's made me better at public speaking. Um, So just honestly, like making a list of those fears and figuring out what you need to do to overcome them, I think is the most important part of being an entrepreneur, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, David Goggins is a great person to listen to on that as well. He's got a um, a great talk around his fears that he's faced. And I think it's it's essential really, because, you know, the, the more you let fear overpower you, the more things it limits your potential and, and the, the, the avenues and the paths you can take in life really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great. Well, you know, it's been a real pleasure today, Jackie. Thank you so much for your stories and what you shared and also your insights and, and vast experience as well. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank You're you. very welcome. <laughs> and, and, and for the, for the listeners that, that want to tune in and, and see what's going on in your world, you know, you've mentioned LinkedIn. Is there any on there? How can they find you? And are there any other, platforms to look you up on as well yeah it's jackie hermes h-e-r-m-e-s so it's let's see <laughs> let me make sure i get this right linkedin.com slash in slash the t-h-e the jackie hermes it's where you can find me and i'm on you know i'm on all the social platforms so twitter instagram same handle for everything great and for people wanting to find the business and sort of see if that can benefit them in some way yeah it's excelity marketing a-c-c-e-l-i-t-y marketing.com um, and we're on all the social channels as well so definitely check us out perfect well thank you again jackie and for the listeners tuning in thanks for tuning in to another episode of not another sales podcast thank you so much hey people thanks for listening to another episode of not another sales podcast if you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts you can find me on instagram not another sales guy underscore in each of those words you can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing not another sales podcast and also if you want to connect with me on linkedin i go by the name of chris hatfield so thanks again and stay tuned for another episode